Nobody paid me. We gotta cut that out. <laughs> I gave a shout out me. the other day unnecessarily to Zappos, and I was like, nah. Yeah, they that's gotta, fine. They gotta cut the check for they get something like I that. I know. Right? I should get like some point. Yeah. I'd like a hundred dollar gift certificate from them. I'm just saying, putting it out there. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? All right. Touching the people. Okay. Well, hello. Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is your host, Allison Yanez. And today I will be flying solo, but next week we will be joined again by my co host, Jacob Murdoch. So never fear. And today I'm joined by Chase McCurdy and Joe Russ. Hello. How are you guys? Hi. Great to be here. Hello. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Um, today I we decided to have you on to talk about the creative aging program that uh, the Neon Museum is conducting with local artists. So um, I didn't properly introduce you. So Chase, Chase is a local artist, Sprat teaching art, a artist, educator, and also one of the residents of the D-Well program. Shout out. A shout out to D-Well. And Joe, J.K. Russ, is the arts program coordinator at the Neon Museum and also an artist herself. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Joe, could you get us started off um, and describe exactly what the Creative Aging Program is? Sure. So this is uh, a program that Araha Philanthropies have started and it's Seeding Vitality Arts. So they selected 20 institutions, museums across the country to develop programs that are specially designed to focus on creativity for folks who are 55 years and better. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all about developing creativity and fostering community and giving these folks access to new and fresh ways of expression while bringing people together and, and really strengthening communities. So mm-hmm. often, right, the way things are these days... Um, can be quite isolating and often the older we get the more that can increase so the Neon Museum was really delighted to be able to work with the Sprat teaching artists to develop the these programs mm-hmm. um, and also to partner with community organizations in the process as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chase can you tell us a little bit about the Sprat program? Uh, yes, so Sprat Artistic Ensemble, as it was originally founded um, by Ryan Reed, uh, who's from Las Vegas, an artist and an educator. Um, it's a program that brings together uh, both seniors and teenagers in intergenerational art workshops. Um, we run monthly. We are a part of the Core We Can uh, nonprofit organization. Um, and it's... Uh, it's something that that is. I was lucky enough to be brought into as a teaching artist, and as it grew, uh, to see um, the importance of uh, communication and interaction um, between two of our what we consider most vulnerable communities in many ways, our children and our and our elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, many times pushed on the margins, but all, uh, equally hugely important. Um, the importance of these interactions is uh, is kind of priceless, mm-hmm. um, and so that's you know that's what we do. We 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 bring uh, teens and seniors together in an art context. So we uh, work with artists from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, whether it be uh, Lance Smith, shout out Vogue Robinson, uh, Joe herself mm-hmm. um, as an artist teaches with us, um, Danny Titus, who's a photographer, uh, amongst others. Um, we will bring our, our, our unique uh, medium uh, to these to these two groups together um, and sharing and creating and then uh, reflecting upon uh, what they have done and learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I remember I actually had the good fortune of checking out a group show that you put on about a year and a half ago. Joe, I think you also exhibited in that. Um, it was at the Arts Factory. And obviously the, the art was very important, but um, I was particularly moved by the tent that you guys had set up there. And you had a little section. You could enter the tent in four different areas. And depending on your age group, you entered the room and there was like a series of questions on a table. And the person uh, purportedly uh, that would sit opposite you would f- be from a different demographic mm-hmm. and I remember that the idea was kind of in a very microscopic way to replicate what occurred in the classroom because I remember you saying like the art pieces are important but also what's really interesting and really more valuable in a way are those are those interactions between these two generations right and so to whatever way possible as a viewer you weren't privy to that because those workshops take you know, they occur over various sessions. As a viewer, I was not privy to that, but this is a way on a very microscopic level for me to witness that and to get a sense of how that feels. And everybody has something to learn from people that are both younger and older um, from them. So I thought that was really, really beautiful, actually. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, we, we co-curated that exhibition um, of various works that are made. Um, but that intergenerational tent, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. was was really something special, um, and it was to to mirror that idea because, as you mentioned, it is the interaction, the art, and art making, um, really facilitates uh, a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it it allows uh, for, you know, what starts off as a, you know, the teens will sit by each other sure. at first, and the seniors will do their thing. And, and you kind of bring it together, almost forced at first, um, but through the act of creation and expression, mm-hmm. um, uh, a kind of like a, a beautiful like little mix and kind of interweaving is had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. And so to bring it back to you, Joe, a little, um, can you speak to the logistics of putting this together, like how you went about this? So you had previously... Uh, Spratt had um, done a workshop at the Neon Museum, right? Mm-hmm. So that that was instantly you already knew when you saw that. How did the that application go? Right. So we already had a relationship with the Spratt Teaching Artists Program. And um, so it was great having seen them in action. Um, so it was, it was wonderful that that was already established for us. So we got together with Ryan and Chase initially and, and discussed the the programs. Um, We also developed a volunteer cohort um, from the um, Neon Museum's wonderful uh, team of volunteers and we asked who was particularly interested in working with seniors Mm -hmm. and we had a wonderful response and we've developed a, a special cohort who have assisted with really all aspects of developing and supporting the program um and big shout out to you Alison for being <laughs> thank you really like, really wonderful talking about me right <laughs> teaching um mm-hmm. assistant really for Ryan right on the on the first series which mm-hmm. was 
a little bit different than what we'd done previously with Sprat because the part of the program with the creative ageing through Araha Philanthropies is there's a set structure of eight sessions mm-hmm. with a culminating event and um, the fact that those sessions, each one develops from the one prior. Mm-hmm. So people are learning a developing skills as they go and mm-hmm. also building that sense of community with the other participants as they go. But the volunteers, I think, made such a difference to that first intergenerational program. And um, But also um, having your input all the way through and, you know, connecting, bringing people together, you know, was so important. And it was um, at the Winchester Dondero Cultural Centre, this first one, so... We were delighted to partner mm-hmm. with the with the Winchester, and of course they have wonderful programs already, and um, such yeah great team of folks there. Mm-hmm. So they really made us feel welcome. We were able to enjoy their wonderful facilities, um, as well as visiting the Neon Museum Boneyard mm-hmm. and the Ten Studio and the collection. So from the Neon Museum's perspective as well, it's looking at um, how we can share our collection in a way that inspires you know, the community, mm-hmm. uh, it's like each of these signs has a real story to it and we like to link with the workshops, the participants themselves are exploring their own stories, mm-hmm. um, they're making connections to the history of Las Vegas and um, also looking at ex- expressing themselves, right, whether it's through performance, visual art or poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, and can I just say, as um, as a volunteer, it was really interesting when we had our uh, vo- first volunteer meeting, um, because all of us were in a room, and I realized that I was one of the younger participants. Um, in fact, most of the people that were going to be volunteering fell into that um, the demographic that you described, 55 and over, mm-hmm. and it was really... It was really interesting because a lot of the work that I do volunteering in the community, I'm always talking about youth and everything and vulnerable communities. It really had it had escaped me that seniors also, you know, can be a, in a vulnerable situation. They too need to be physically and uh, mental should be uh, physically and mentally engaged. And we went around the room. And um, Cynthia asked everybody if anybody had been a victim, regardless of your age, of ageism. And it was like, it was really interesting to hear people's perspectives and, um, you know, the situations that they've gone through. So um, it was real. it was really interesting because, um, you know, we had different age groups again and I was, you know... I was the younger of the people, but I was still older than the kids. So I was paired up with um, a couple of the young people there. And it was interesting (laughs) to see their growth. And it ended up being that the seniors and myself ended up being the more kookier, adventurous people there. Yeah, and the the scholars, the the young, the teens, they really acknowledged the the courage Mm -hmm. of um, the older participants and how they were so willing to just step up and you know, kind of have fun and, and kind of let loose a little bit. And maybe mm-hmm. that's one of the things that comes too with, you know, a little age and experience and it's just like, wow, really, you know, why not go for it kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. But there was a really nice kind of respect. It seemed like mutual respect, you know, from sure. those um, different generations really acknowledging uh, each other. So, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That, that first intergenerational one was, was really very special. It really was. And so to that end, Chase, um, could you tell us what goes into um, developing a curriculum for a program like this? 
Um, you know, so creative aging is a unique one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Sprat. Shout out to, to our Sprat and intergenerational classes. Um, but the way it's worked out, um, just with timing in the school year, this creative aging uh, session is just seniors, mm-hmm. um, which in many ways um, by themselves is not new to me. It's happened a couple times, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to work with Neon Museum in this capacity and to have uh, eight sessions, uh, eight workshops to uh, develop um, a real a real curriculum and real bodies of work almost in a way mm-hmm. uh, is a is an experience that you don't often have you know and this is where um, once again Rohoth philanthropies has been uh, instrumental um, because uh, for uh, working um, singular in a singular two hour class you have to start it get break the ice do something real quick, mix it up, and then somehow make and then kind of reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, over eight sessions, you can, as, as Joe discussed, um, dive into the history of the museum. But also as a, as a teaching artist perspective, uh, I can dive into some uh, artistic or other more potentially abstract concepts um, to challenge, you know, our seniors, mm-hmm. right? Because in, in my eyes, when I think of creative aging, I think of... Um, uh, an aspirational kind of idea, a catalyzing kind of idea, um, uh, almost a new, like a refresh, hitting a, a reset, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so it allows it allows me to to share and build and, and challenge um, people who, you know, uh, may have forgotten what's, what that's like. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. um, you know, just going through the motions of life. Uh, you know, surviving, going to work. You know, paying the bills, supporting family, mm-hmm. um, and just getting to that point when, in many ways, you're just kind of tired, mm-hmm. you know, and understandably so, but it doesn't have to just kind of end there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to dive in and, and really build and, and, and discuss and learn and experiment. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Well, yeah. and I, I was lucky enough, um, I signed up for the um, performance uh, portion that was led by uh, by Ryan, but you did uh, lead us off on the first workshop. It was only like, what was it, two or three hours that we were with you, Chase? And people were absolutely, I do have, I, I let you know in the moment, but I want to reiterate on the air, people were absolutely enamored of you. They thought you were so, so caring and so generous and challenging um but just in a very kind and um open way everybody was just very impressed with your teaching method and um they were super excited because you're gonna have a show a lot of people approached me that uh after that and they're like let me know when it's happening blah blah blah. so you really left an impression in that short period of time so i'm disappointed that i won't be able to i'm not able right now to take your your class um but everybody was very impressed with you and just very encouraged that's love. That's, uh, that's humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Um, and so uh, going back to you, Chase, um, well, and you, you too, Joe, like what, what, what would both of you like the students, um, your pupils takeaways to be like, what is it? What is your aim here? Can I, uh, can I read something that I, I so, um, kind of, you know, leading up to it, I get kind of, I get nervous anytime I'm in any sort of teaching situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been uh, thinking a lot about this idea of creative aging, um, just kind of heading into 
uh, the first the first workshop with mm-hmm. you know thrown into this situation with a bunch of people that I don't know that right. I have to develop like please trust me mm-hmm. um, I promise I I will not lead you astray <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and in the morning uh, you know I made time I only had like 15 minutes I made time to sit down and and, and just actually have a cup of coffee and and uh, I wrote this and then I read it to our participants um, that morning and mm-hmm. I think it kind of sums it up um, it's quick Creative aging, aspirational, history absorbing, future considering, catalyzing, connecting experience with imagination, challenging, educational, enjoyable, relational. You know, so because we're touching in so many things in a in a in a not so short amount of time. I mean, we have. Mm-hmm what is it uh eight two-hour workshops mm-hmm. i mean that's your you know so you're you're touching on on a lot yeah. um but you just want people to leave with leave not this being the thing but uh-huh. uh the thing that starts something when when we parted ways mm-hmm. right at the end of the day it doesn't stop mm-hmm. with the cl- with the class with with the participants for me you know because my attention is to them the participants always um, and, and honoring and respecting, of course, the the institution that we're working with, who was so gracious to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's uh, in the, in that kind of teaching capacity. There's so much trust given mm-hmm. uh, with those people who give you their time and and energy um, and resources and when in their involved vulnerabilities. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just want to you just want to um, respect that mm-hmm. uh, and and really just make the most use of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, leave with with something to start with. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. One thing I'd like to acknowledge, you know, with the Sprat teaching artists, um, is that you know they always make people really feel welcome and comfortable, and I think that's so important. Um, you know, folks don't need to have a whole lot of experience in whatever field the workshops are focused on, and that's important too because I think. Sometimes the arts can be a little intimidating for people. They think, you know, um, they, they can't draw or um, they're afraid of any kind of... The word performance even can seem a little scary, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's, it's something I really want to acknowledge is that, A, you know, people are, are taking a... It's a little courageous even to sign up for a, a workshop, but just... Yeah, that they are in absolutely really good hands, you know, with with these teaching artists on the on the program, mm-hmm. um, because it's important. You know, it's important to know that I think, and we always have a culminating event um, at the end of each um, series of workshops as well. So at the end of Ryan's performance series, right, we had a um, everyone performed for invited family and friends. So mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty relaxed, but. Um, gave people the opportunity to really experience that. And hopefully, you know, it leads on to other things, as Chase was saying. That, mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, a jumping off board for folks. Absolutely. Well, and it, it, I, I kind of helped out, but I was more there just to, you know, have fun. But that was such a, that was such a bold um 
first initial workshop because it's it's performance piece and not to say that what you manifest like through painting or sculpture that that's not a type of vulnerability but um to perform it takes a lot yes so just the fact that people signed up for it and were showing up and slowly throughout the two weeks we did see everybody ended up breaking um breaking out of their shell I remember the a couple of the people that I was paired with you know seeing their growth and actually um the review journal came out and interviewed us, I believe it Mm -hmm. was the review journal. And so I went in with this young man and, um, they asked him what was his biggest takeaway from the program. And actually it kind of shocked me because, you know, he had been pretty in his shell and in his world and kind of not taking too many risks, risks. Um, but he said that he admired the, the seniors so much. He said, I want to be like them when I'm older, they're taking all these bold risks and they don't care. And they're having so much fun. And I strive to be like that. And I just Mm. thought that just, that it just, you know, sums up what you just said. And his takeaway, hopefully from that was, I want to apply this in some other ways in life and just take risks and Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be goofy. Right. I mean, Ryan is a wonderful teacher Mm -hmm. and, um, she just said, and I think it was an interesting pairing because she has just this crazy, calming, serene presence and she she looks like an angel and then I'm like crazy with my hair and I'm jumping all over the place and I'm loud so I think like we balanced each other very nicely and between both of us I think pretty much everybody felt comfortable so it Mm -hmm. was like an interesting dynamic and Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see you know to put these things together and I know that what I learned I actually later I was like in my mind I was like I'm gonna do a performance piece outside of City Hall so I thank you Joe for that opportunity and I remember when you know when you uh, approached all the volunteers with this they were so grateful and I was just like you have nothing to be grateful for like I have access to these fantastic artists that are going to you know help me learn and grow like this is and give feedback like this is a dream come true that is like a dream come true it really so it was like thank you thank you for the opportunity and thank you Chase for leading uh that one class and um I'm looking forward to seeing what uh your seniors right now put together oh yeah mm-hmm. um we have another awesome community partner for uh, our culminating exhibition mm-hmm. um you know I, I I was unsure of whether to to share with our participants um about this, but we will be having uh, a culminating exhibition of some of the works that are made by our participants at Nevada Humanities. I saw that, um, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so beginning next month, uh, which is uh, a great opportunity, mm-hmm. I think, will be to uh, share with, a, a, once again, a, a newer, broader audience on, on what this idea of creative aging is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and a, and a different and new uh, perspective. Um because I'm excited about what our participants are are going to come out with. Um, I'm excited to see their works in the Nevada Humanities Program Gallery because it's a beautiful yes. space right downtown. Mm-hmm. They have a wonderful reputation for the quality of their shows and for their engagement um, with the community. So I'm excited as well to see how the participants experience, you know, seeing their work um, in a really a very professional gallery setting you know that's that's wonderful mm-hmm. um and such a great group yeah. uh, that we're working with with this visual arts series uh from the Doolittle Senior Center mm-hmm. yes and just out. we've just begun this one right so um wonderful group I'm really excited um Chase for you does this feel like you know a um 
a, a special experience? Uh, it does. Um, you know, to partner with, with Doolittle is fantastic. The team is great. Uh, and, you know, the, the proximity of the Neon Museum um, mm-hmm. and the, the and NE10 studio mm-hmm. to what is the historic west side uh, where the Doolittle community and Doolittle Senior Center are. Um, it felt just like a, a right thing, you know, to do. Um, so our, our, our group is... Is, is fantastic. Um, they've, they, we had our first class, uh, our session at the Boneyard. We had a, a wonderful led tour mm-hmm. uh, of the Boneyard by Derek Weiss, who's mm-hmm. great. Um, shout out. Uh, <laughs> He's so nice. Um, no, we had a, a great tour of the Boneyard. Our seniors got to experience uh, the Tim Burton exhibition as well. Lucky um, bucks. They really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got to really dive into the history a little bit of, of what a lot of these uh, signs are. Um, and it's spurred a lot of, of very interesting um, discussion points that we, you know, kind of wrapped up our first session with. Um, so really looking forward to get into to session number two uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the NE10 studio, uh-huh. um, where we'll get into uh, some real work, uh, which I'm excited about. I can imagine. Yeah. How fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, and what, is, what a wonderful space to create things, no? Truly. I mean, Truly. oh my God, it's so inspiring. For those that haven't checked it out, any 10 studio usually is open for special events, but I'm going to give you guys a shout out. Like, follow them on social media and you'll find out about events that they put mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, so it's our program space. Mm-hmm. So it's not generally um, like an open to the public space, but we do store a lot of signs there. So when we hold programs there, the signs, are, you know, surrounding whatever activity is happening. Um, so... Yeah, we've had a variety of, you know, panel discussions. Our artists and residents each summer spends eight weeks creating work in the space. Um, but yes, our workshops, it's we never had an indoor space actually at the museum mm-hmm. until, you know, just over a year ago. So it's really been a game changer, yeah. uh, not having to deal with the... You know, trying to hold programs outdoors and here. Gravel in 120 degrees, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's great to have that space. Mm-hmm. And, and people do seem to enjoy um, the, the ambiance mm-hmm. um, that the signs, I think, create, you know, when they set foot in there. So It's really yeah. uh, an unbelievable opportunity uh, to, to be in that space and to, especially for in, a, in an art context, uh, if you need any sort of catalyst, you have... Uh, any number of, of things that speak to color, to form, mm-hmm. to history, uh, to so many, so many things yeah. um, on these just these these signs, these 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 neon signs, uh, and to be so intimate with them and to be able to work in, in, in a space with them is a is a great and very cherished opportunity. Oh my God! So I just thought of a question. I don't know if you play favorites, especially you, Joe, but um, do you guys have a favorite sign? Or is that rotating? Is there one that's particularly speaking to you right now? Um, I I have to go to the Moulin Rouge sign mm-hmm. all the time. Um, you know, that's, uh, once again, you know, people that know me know my family's, like, fairly deep history in Las Vegas. We've been there for a long time. And and to, to think about that in context of what is the historic West Side, of what that represents, and then of what... In many ways, a, a monumental cultural contribution uh, Moulin Rouge was for it to last for only so long. Um, 
feels a bit of like a bit of a shame truly you know and it's always like it's a, it's the thought of like in that short time very impactful mm-hmm. very just influential cool i mean all all of that um it's las vegas man it's, mm-hmm. um and, and for our cl- listeners yeah. that don't know uh, the historical context be- uh, behind the Moulin Rouge, would one of the three people that know about it want to? Why is it historically important? Oh well, so the Moulin Rouge um, was the first integrated hotel casino in Las Vegas, opened in 1955. If I'm right, oh somebody check my date, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hit it with the Google. Um, but you know, in a, in a very segregated what was Las Vegas, uh, you know, with with the African American community being relegated to uh, what is the historic West Side? We know as a historic West Side mm-hmm. um, with uh, famous African American acts uh, coming to entertain folks on what would be the Strip and and other parts of uh, the casinos that we understand Fremont or whatever, and performing and not being able to stay in those places because of segregation mm-hmm. and having to stay on the West Side, things like this. Um, to respond in such a grand fashion, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is a powerful thing. Um, but that's really where the where the history comes from. And even you know, after its closing, Moulin Rouge did uh, d- did continue to play an important role in the history of um, improved uh, civic relations in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's and, a landmark. And uh, Joe, do you want to speak about the sign itself? So it's in the uh, boneyard Mm -hmm. and it was actually also designed um, by Betty Willis, right, who was an important uh, figure too in the um, sign design history because she was really the first woman to um, play a really important role and uh, folks will be familiar with (coughs) probably her other... Um, very well-known sign, the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, was also um, designed by her. But the the Moulin Rouge, um, I think it's 12 feet tall and just an absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. um, sign with her script. And, you know, apparently she wrote that out by hand. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in those days it was before everything was done in a digital way, right? So they had to translate that um, into this amazing, you know, neon, incredible, incredible sculptural mm-hmm. piece. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's really important, I think, both for its visual appearance, but also, as Chase was saying, for a very important historical significance in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is it unfair to ask you if you have a favorite? Um, I have, I do have lots of favorites. <laughs> okay. I have to say, but if I think of one at the moment, I actually really am enjoying. Um, spending time with the Peppermill neon signage, yeah. which is now in the NET10 studio mm-hmm. because they changed out right there, yeah. sign not too long ago. But to me, that Peppermill one is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that whole era, um, I love the style of it. I love the fact that the Peppermill is basically, you know, fairly um, untouched in, the, in its ambiance and the experience of going there whenever I have folks visiting. Absolutely. I suggest it Classic. as an experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Joe, so. when was that signed as, uh, when was it designed? Is that 80s, 70s? Mm. I don't even know. 
Uh, I would have to double check that as well. We need our collections manager here. She has all day. (laughs) But that is interesting because I I would be actually interested to find out what that font is too. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting Mm -hmm. from a typography point of view. We here at the podcast at Wild and Free, we are big fans of the Wild and of of the Wild and Free of the Pepper Mill. We actually did an art walking Ah. tour. We started at. Where the heck did we start? At the Aria and walked mm. all the way to the Pepper oh, wow. Mill and went along talking about the history of the strip, which I learned in large part, thank you, to the Neon Museum. So shout out to the Neon Museum <laughs> once again. I almost want to say false start for starting at Aria. Not We're, starting further down. <laughs> fair, fair. But I, I did the city <laughs> no, we cold. did the city center art tour. So yeah, we spent no. a long time okay. in there and then got some drinks at Ghost Donkey and then okay. headed to dinner for Peppermill. A very pregnant, seven month old pregnant person uh walked there. Oh, well that is very impressive. Nineteen seventy two, does that say? Yeah. Nice. All right, that's what Shout we figured. Out yeah. Yeah, yeah that's seventies mm-hmm. ambiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rainbow sugar. <laughs> right. Rainbow sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very style. <laughs> oh, very cool. Very fun and colorful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, there is one more session um, coming up after Chase's. Correct. Another one more workshop? series. Mm-hmm. And this will be happening at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaching artists for this series is Vogue Robinson. Our wonderful poet laureate and just a wonderful teaching artist. So uh, we're looking forward to this one as well. And this will be poetic storytelling. So, um, you know, to make the connections with, again, the history of Las Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm the Neon Museum, but then people really, um, you know, looking into telling their own stories. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Vogue, again, is just such a wonderful, inspirational person. And um, I think um, the folks, the participants are going to really um, enjoy, you know, learning, developing their own writing, reading, um, storytelling skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And is what was I going to say to participate in that do you already have people selected or how is that we're still finalizing Mm -hmm. um at the moment and um we're usually you know working with a kind of core group as we are with the Doolittle Senior Centre this time around and Mm -hmm. the Winchester Cultural Centre previously um but if folks are particularly interested in future workshops um They can also just check out the Neon Museum website um, or email us um, programs at neonmuseum.org if they have any questions. Excellent, Mm -hmm. excellent, excellent. And uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I do want to ask about food and beverage things, but I wanted to see if you have anything else to add about the program and your fantastic work. Uh, If anything, (laughs) just this idea of... um, Setting an example. Uh, everyone can approach whatever it is that they feel pushed to do, whatever their particular uh, understanding, expertise, wherever that lies. Mm-hmm. You, you can have some way to engage with someone in a, in a positive uh, way. And uh, whatever that is, whether it be working with, with seniors or children or whatever, um, just finding it and just... Uh, you know, making use a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. like that. That's very nice. 
Um, okay, well, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, that sounds good. So follow the Neon Museum to stay um, up to date on what's going on there with the program. If anybody wants to get involved and volunteer, Joe, mm -hmm. are you still? Again, there's a um, nice simple link mm -hmm. um, on the Neon Museum's official website and people can just sign up and, um, yeah, we have a, a wonderful team of volunteers and we're always um, looking to you know, add if more folks are particularly looking at working um, with different aspects of the museum. Mm -hmm. So we, um, our volunteers, I have to say, are just an incredibly amazing mix of wonderfully dedicated people uh, with such a, a, a great range of skills. So uh, we feel very lucky to have a strong volunteer cohort with mm -hmm. the museum. Well, thank mm -hmm. you for that. And I just, I, I again, I just want to say how wonderful it has been to be a part of this experience and just overall volunteering at the Neon Museum. I've shared this with friends in the past, I believe I've told both of you, but um, my love and appreciation for Las Vegas comes largely in part um, because of the programming that you've put together in the past that has taught me about the architecture, the craftsmanship, and you know everything that goes be behind the signage and the the the, the construction of of the of the casinos and just the history. I really do attribute that one hundred percent to you and Veta Preservation Foundation. But um, if it weren't for the Neon <laughs> yeah, Museum, truly, like I would not feel this much passion. So I I have to give you mad recognition for instilling that in me. And I would encourage everybody in the public to go check out the space and get involved in any way possible. It's a great way um, if you feel passion for the history of Las Vegas. If you want to interact with like-minded people, there's a lot of artists that work at the museum and volunteers. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to get in touch and have access to these wonderful uh, arts programs and the teachers that lead these classes. Chase, again, um, kudos to you. You did a magnificent job. And um, hopefully this is a partnership that continues down the line. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and shout out to Joe. Wouldn't be possible without you. You're a real one. Um, Allison, you, appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Chase. Um, yeah, it's been good. Mm -hmm. Production squad. <laughs> good. Yeah. Right. They're good my people. Event. They're good people. And um, my last question for you guys um, is if there's any local food or beverage place that um, you are currently excited about or is a fave you want to give a shout-out to. You got Can you can you start, Joe? There's just many. Th <laughs> it's, it's one of those where many things are running through, so it mm -hmm. looks like nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, the mine. Um, I have to say I love the independent coffee houses mm -hmm. um, in Las Vegas, and I, um, you know, I love checking all of those out. So, um, Public House is one of my favorite places, though. Mm -hmm. Continuously, you know, just such great food, great coffee, and just really nice folks. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of great places, aren't there, to explore um, food and beverage wise, yeah. and amazing range. Um, that we have here, we're very lucky. Yeah. I mean, shout out to what we had tonight, Pollo Inca. Uh, that's a, that's <laughs> a little. You know what? They should pay us. For hey, that's a little. Hey, that's a little cut. Them, yeah. You know, that's by the, that's by the studio. I got put on by uh, by a good artist friend of mine, uh, Pollo Inca. His love mm -hmm. and, and thank you for that. So delicious. Oh, of course, my yeah. pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Of course. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, well, thank you both uh, again for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure working with both of you um, in many capacities. You both are um, extremely talented and generous uh, lovely lovely people and it's been truly an honor to work with both of you 
Thank you, Thank Alex. you. So appreciated. <laughs> this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. As always, I'm joined by my producer, Jose Sotelo, research assistants by Ashley Pacheco, creative design by Berta Gutierrez, and here in spirit, and we're missing him a lot.